0: Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. You're breaking in Kane on a two-on-one break over the wing line. Kane to the left circle. Pulls up. hole Fires. He scores! Number
1: four hundred for Patrick
0: k It's time for Blackhawk seven twenty. Your insider key to
2: the Hawks. Tanner's been here for all those cups, and this guy's the face of our team, and he always seems to get that big goal
0: for us. Take the Blackhawks to go. Blackhawk seven twenty. The only Hawks podcast worth listening to. Now here's Chris Bowden and Joe Brand. Podcast royalty. After an eventful weekend, we head into uh, what will be an eventful and pretty important week, a very important month of March. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a fresh edition of the Blackhawk 720 podcast, along with WGN's very own sports news wearer of all hats, and he's got a baseball cap on, turned backwards here. Uh, Joe Brand, I am Chris Bowden. You're a premium post-game host on WGN Radio, and alas, we have returned after a couple of weeks' absence to Plankton's Pilsen podcast pad. The snow has melted. I can find a spot on the street again. Joe ran out of dining room chairs to set out for me. Uh, They were confiscated quickly by the city of Chicago. No, he didn't do that. But uh, we're back in the pad, and Plankton is here, uh, ready to partake as well. And uh, it's it's good to be back in the pad and joined by our uh, feline... Co-host, tri-host, if you will.
3: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad we're all we're all comfortable here in the PPPP as we've uh, we've dubbed it. Yeah, hopefully this time he doesn't jump on top of the computer and, and delete the whole podcast. But uh, glad to have you here. And, and what a, I, I'm just so pleased about the timing of this podcast coming off. Uh, a big win over Detroit and coming off three of maybe the biggest games of the year heading into against the dredged Tampa Bay Lightning and kinda of talking before, it's it's a little it's just crazy how the scheduling works for this because of what the Blackhawks have done this year, the challenge that relies or lies at them ahead, and the fact that it's the first time they're seeing their most challenging opponent for the first time since the beginning of the year, when we were having totally different types of conversations then. <laughs> so it's it's kind of a fun way to to move on with this season and to really see what this team can do now.
0: Yeah, and uh, uh, coming off Patrick Kane's 400th career goal on uh, on Sunday night, and what uh, was a struggle for the Blackhawks over the course of the first. Uh, couple of of periods and uh, also coming off a Saturday game in which they kind of played better than they did on Sunday, but nevertheless ended up losing to Detroit 5-3. They come back and score five goals on 10 shots in the third period against Detroit, including Patrick Kane's career 400th and uh, three days off now as we record on Monday afternoon before the Tampa Bay Lightning come to town. And the Bolts, uh, not that they never had lost their mojo, but uh, they seem to be on a roll with four consecutive wins Um, they knocked off Dallas uh, on Saturday in the first uh, meeting between those two teams since the Stanley Cup Final. They will face them again on Tuesday before traveling to Chicago for the three games in four days, uh, Thursday, Friday, and then Sunday afternoon at the United Center. And the Blackhawks, uh, as we speak, sitting one point behind the Tampa Bay Lightning at 28 points. Tampa Bay and Florida tied with 29, and the Hawks one point ahead of Carolina, but 11 of these next 15 are against... Carolina and Florida and Tampa Bay, and we get to see uh, what the Blackhawks are made of. And we'll get into that a little bit more as we we go along. But first, the history that was made on Sunday night, and uh, Patrick Kane's always been a guy who uh, doesn't want to string together games when he's on the cusp of reaching something. Um, Not that it ever seems to affect him, but it only took one game after he scored 399 in Columbus on Thursday uh didn't score on, on Saturday versus Detroit, but he's able to bag number four hundred and it was kind of uh, you know, um your your still frame, your 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 frame of what a Patrick Kane goal has been kind of prototypical of what he's done his entire career. A little hesitation, patience with the puck, a dangle, and then a snipe past uh, Thomas Grice to Put the exclamation point on his uh, latest milestone, 100th NHL player to ever do that, and the 10th U.S.-born 4th in Blackhawks history, and now he's knocking down Steve Larmer's door for number three on the all-time Hawks list.
3: Yeah, you know, I guess I've never really realized this until this goal, and maybe even this conversation, but when you hit those milestone achievements, like, I don't know, you think of Ernie Banks... 500th home run, and you remember the call, and Jack Brickhouse doing it. You remember the shot, and I guess it's easier for home runs for that to happen, but like when Devin Hester broke the record for touchdowns uh, returned on kickoffs. There was a flag in the field, and then they had to go back, and oh, maybe this whole thing is going to get retracted, and that (laughs) takes away from the call a little bit. And uh, none of that happened with Patrick Kane's 400th goal. Uh, It it was just, like you said, a microcosm of what Patrick Kane is as a hockey player. I think it was pretty cool Ryan Carpenter's comments on it, saying how, yeah, when he was coming down, I I didn't think there was any chance he was going to get rid of the puck. He knew that this was his opportunity to score 400, and it's just It's so Patrick Kane for him to be patient in that situation where anybody else, your mind is probably going a mile a minute, and I have to do the exact right thing here to score this goal, but no, I'm just going to pull back a little bit, (laughs) let this defender just slide out of the way on the ice, and then just snipe it perfectly with a wrister on the other side. Uh, so it's cool, and it, it, obviously happy for Patrick Kane. Happy for John Wideman to get a to nail that call too, because that yeah. that was cool hearing that a lot this morning. And uh, I know it was the national call on the television side, but even John Forsland did a pretty good job saying that's hockey, baby. You know, a yeah. little little homage to Patrick Kane there too. So I I don't think Blackhawk fans take Patrick Kane for granted, but it's it's almost getting to the point where. He's so good and so impressive and so talented, and having such a year, you almost kind of do take him for granted just because of how spectacular he is being this year. And uh, it's it's just so cool to see it once again happening with this type of unique team. It's it's not the the cast that he's used to, the regular star makers of their own. It's it's Alex DeBrincat who's having a good year, and then enter other player here. And a lot of times it's Pia Suter, but it, it hasn't mattered. Because it's just Patrick Kane playing to his full potential and maybe even a little bit above that.
0: And, and we'll hear from Ryan Carpenter and Jeremy Carlton a little bit later on, but you know, we're going to start out here with Kane, who, by the way, shortly before we did this podcast, uh, was named uh, the NHL's number 2 Star of the Week with three goals and eight points in four games. By the way, for the month of uh, February, uh, seven goals, 24 points in 13 games. Uh, that is as good as a month as he has ever had in his uh, stellar career. And, um, you know, I think the coolest thing you'll hear Patrick Kane talk about as we listen to him after the game on Sunday is the fact, the point that you brought up, that he's doing it in a season where there are a bunch of milestones for the opposite reasons. All these guys are playing in their first NHL games. They're scoring their first NHL goals. And he gets a kick out of that just as much as it seems they do of him uh, and and what he has been able to do in finally attaining 400 goals. So let's let's hear a little bit of Patrick after the game on Sunday night following that accomplishment. Uh you'll hear him talk about, yo, know, he's not paying attention to where he is on the franchise lists. And again, 406 is Steve Larmer's number, um at third all-time. Stan Mikita's second at 541 and Bobby Hull first at 604. We'll talk a little bit after we hear from Patrick about how realistic some of these numbers are for him to chase down on the franchise charts if he's going to play another 8 or 10 years at age 32. But also, you know, he'll he'll hear him talk about, um, you know, uh, what these milestones mean to him on this team, as we mentioned. Missing the fans. That really was the only thing missing in this entire equation on Sunday night is that, You know, the fans would not get to salute him. I I think in some form or fashion, when they are back allowed in the United Center, knowing the Blackhawks, they will have some type of of recognition uh, for some of these milestones that have been reached this year. But uh, here you'll hear Patrick start out by saying uh, he's happy it didn't take a long time for him to attain number 400 after getting number 399 a couple of nights earlier, or rather... uh, Three nights earlier, Uh, he was glad just to get it over with and move on and focus once again on hockey and what's going to be a very important month of March for the Hawks.
4: Yeah, you try not to think about it, but um, once you get it, it's kind of nice to get it out of the way, especially with three days off and, uh, you know, just worry about playing good hockey and playing the way I know how to play, so, um, you know, you try to have that mindset going into the game, but, uh, you know, it's probably in the back of your mind a little bit, especially once once you're near that number, so... Like I said, nice to uh, to get it over with tonight and, um, you know, enjoy the next few days uh, with my family and I practice and, and get ready for Tampa.
2: It's a little bittersweet because you, you do get the win, you get your, your milestone, but there's no fans there to enjoy it with you.
4: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it would be nice to have, uh, you know, my parents here for sure and, and uh, you know, Amanda and my son, but... the way it is in this world right now. So um, I guess uh, uh, tonight it was just nice to enjoy it with my teammates and uh, they seem pretty excited for me and a lot of support from them guys. So um, nice to share with them and the coaches.
0: Hey hey Patrick, are you able to kind of reflect on on this and and what this milestone means for you?
4: I think the biggest thing is once you, you start, you know, reaching these type of milestones, you know, 400 goals and thousand games coming up it kind of uh it leaves you wanting more so it's exciting to achieve them and uh you know nice to have these type of milestones um probably means i played a while but you just want to keep getting better and keep trying to help the team as best as you can and for me that's you know getting the puck as much as possible and creating plays and uh um you know try to create scoring chances so try to just keep
2: improving on that it's a little bit sweeter knowing that it came in a win too you can actually enjoy it with with
0: everyone
4: yeah no doubt um you know uh we probably played better the other night but um i guess uh uh, we didn't have our best tonight but just kind of took over in the third i had a good third period good push and just um started to pick it up a little bit so um you know nice to have that finish to a game like that and get a win especially with uh you know like i said three days off here and uh going into a big series against tampa
2: Patrick, it seems like you try to keep uh, these kind of milestones and perspectives. But what do you what do you think this is for, especially for the younger teammates that you have seeing you uh do
3: achieve this?
4: Well, I mean, I just think our our team is uh it's coming together. And uh, we have a lot of young guys that are just gonna keep getting better and better. And um, nice to share the, the you know, these kind of moments with them, whether it's you know my 400th goal or their first goal um there's been a lot of great moments this year throughout our team and uh we have a lot of young guys that have some pretty uh pretty special futures ahead of them so um it's nice to be around those guys and you know joke around with them and uh you know even learn from them too i mean there's a lot of things uh that they do in their games that uh that I can see what works and, uh, um, you know, try to improve on my game too. So um, I think it's uh, it's a good group right now for sure.
1: Hey, Patrick, do you ever think about the long-term goals for yourself personally, like possibly passing Stan Nikita and even Bobby Hall on the Hawks all-time list, you know, down the road?
4: No, no. Um, just playing the game. That's, that's it right now. Um, let the numbers be what they are but just trying to uh, to better myself and be the best I can.
1: Just do you have a any time frame in mind, like how many years? I mean, Tom Brady's still going at 43, and do you have any thoughts about how much longer you'd like to play?
4: Well, I mean, I'm only 32, so um, I don't think I'm thinking about, you know, uh, how long I want to play yet, just, you know, having fun right now, feel good, so let keep it going.
0: Patrick Kane is now 32 years of age um, and continues playing at a very high level. Uh, seems to almost play at a higher level with each passing year. Um, we talked in our last podcast, you know, the stick taps he deserves in the conversation for the Hart Trophy. Let's see where the Blackhawks are at the end of this month when they play 11 of their 15 games against the the three teams that uh, they are battling with atop the Central Division, but. You know, for instance, he's averaged thirty goals a season through his first fourteen years. If he should play another eight or ten, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know how realistic it is towards the tail end of that if he keeps his health, if he if he you know he keeps working as hard as he does to add things to his game. If he can play another ten years, whether at the tail end of that, he can continue averaging thirty goals a season. But right now, at four hundred. You know, if he does play another eight or ten, when you're talking about the Blackhawks all-time scoring list with Hall at 604, Makita 541, and certainly Larmer at 406, um, he's going to be threatening that, I think, without any question.
3: Okay, so when you dissect the numbers, and thank you for the handy dandy statistics sheet right here. I mean, he's yeah, clearly close to Larmer, who's got 923. Oh, I'm sorry, ahead of that already. Uh, the next on the Stepping stone is Dennis Savard. Here's the thing: I almost wonder, and I'm taking a look at Patrick Kane's career stats log on the Hockey Reference site. I mean, number one, I think would it have been better for Patrick Kane to play hockey earlier, where we were talking before, before they expanded goalies, hockey pads, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, people were scoring a lot more rapidly. But I almost wonder, just because of the time frame, because you've got the lockout in 13, I mean, his only injury is really 2015, right? When he went down with that shoulder injury. He missed some games in 13-14, and it escapes me what the issue was there. I mean, only played 69 games in 2013, 2014, um, but then of course you've got a shortened season last year and another shortened season this year. So you almost wonder if that's ever going to play a factor down the road, um, just because he's been somewhat of an Iron Man and he's always been able to to play the majority, if not all, the games in a season. But yeah, I mean, it's just I I think again it goes to what we just talked about, how he's able to do it on a star-filled team, and then now here with a bunch of rookies and guys learning the game at the NHL level. It's the fact that he's kind of been a chameleon, and and also he's been willing uh, to not only play in this type of atmosphere, but to still learn and to still get better, because that's what's happening right now with him. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun to map out his, his career as we go down the line, and it, it is a shame that no fans were able to witness goal number four hundred because we were there last year when he picked up his one thousandth point, and that was—I <laughs> mean, I wasn't there for the cups runs, so that was the loudest I have heard that building. Yeah. Um, and it's—it's it's a shame that that fans weren't able to to witness it, but I mean, you got to think that they will be there for number five hundred, and, and I mean, you'd, you'd like and you'd probably think he'd be in a Blackhawks uniform to do so, so. I mean, this this is just going to be fun every time he knocks down another one of these milestones, whether it's another 100 goals, maybe, I don't know, another 100 or 200 points when you get to that, but... Uh, I mean, obviously, his one thousandth game is coming up too. That's going to create a montage video. But yeah, once again, I don't think it's possible to take Patrick Kane for granted. But right now, with the way he's playing, maybe it's impossible to not take it for granted, just because he's been that impressive.
0: Yeah, number one thousand right now is scheduled for next Tuesday. With the, the Blackhawks close out this homestand, that postponement as we mentioned last week at Carolina, uh, pushing everything back a day. Sunday would have been his one thousandth career game. You know, staying healthy, and it would have been at the United Center. But the, that'll happen. Uh, right now as scheduled next Tuesday in Dallas. Just going back to your point, your old school guys will tell you uh, scoring all these goals, putting up all those points back in the day when the league was smaller, when you were facing the same teams over and over again, and when the physicality was at yeah. a completely different level, uh, certainly that with, with the game uh, the way the game has opened up benefits Patrick Kane these days and every other elite high scoring uh, NHL player uh, with as offensively minded as the league has become and and helping out offensive players but um, um, yeah if, if he continues playing at this pace there's no sign of slowing down no one beats father time uh it'll eventually uh, catch up to him but as you heard on some of the q and a with with patrick after sunday night's game um he's not thinking too far ahead just taking things uh, game by game and really getting a kick out of playing with this group of players this season which has been a pleasant surprise you mentioned fans before we hear from ryan carpenter uh starting uh, once this week uh starts um there will either be 13 of the 31 teams Um, that either have opened things up to a limited amount of fans or have scheduled uh, their arenas to open up to a limited. That's still under half of the uh, teams in the league. Of course, 13 of 31. I'm I'm not good at math, but I'm smart enough to realize that. But the Rangers are opening up to 1,800 fans. Vegas opens up this week to 15% capacity. Same for 10% in Columbus and New Jersey and 15% in Carolina. I believe the Blackhawks will be the only team in the central division still not hosting fans and with this, stri- I, I can i can speak of this uh as i shared with you before we started re- recording as strict as things are in the united center now for the people who are allowed in um you know obviously if they get the green light from the city though they'll figure out a way from from the city or the state government they'll, they'll figure out a way before the end of the season but um uh, you know, even if it does happen, the, the Blackhawks will uh, and the United Center will be one of the uh, one of the final teams to allow that. You, you hope for it. You'd like to see it. You're just not sure whether that's going to happen. So Patrick Kane, um, number 400. Uh, Ryan Carpenter, his first career t- two goal NHL game, and uh, of course Patrick scored his right after Ryan <laughs> scored his second goal. Hold my beer, Ryan, and uh, <laughs> and then uh, Alex DeBrinket also with a four point game the other night. But Ryan Carpenter with a really solid effort. Let's uh, hear what he had to say about you know one of those goals coming on the power play. Uh, he has learned to adapt on the fly to being a member of that power play as a right handed shot in front of the net. So he gets a little bit of production out of that. So he talks about uh, the the steps he has taken to learn playing on the power play, really, for the first time in his NHL career, uh, and about getting involved more offensively in general. Uh, he also discusses the split versus Detroit, the thoughts on going into this three-game series against the Tampa Bay Lightning, as well as the month ahead. But uh, he opened his comments talking about how uh, he was happy, and he was happy for Patrick Kane, that he got number 400 over with.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure he was probably the most anxious, excited to get out of the way. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was getting plenty of chances, and you can you can tell when it's that milestone. I'm sure they're thinking about it. But, yeah, we all want it. We all knew it was uh, probably on his mind. And every time he got a shot, I think we were all holding our breath. So it was nice he, nice he scored. That was a real nice play.
4: Hey, Ryan, uh, what's it been like getting used to that uh, spot in the middle of the power play unit uh, and sort of translating it into the goal tonight?
2: Yeah, it was nice to nice to score on it. I feel like the past couple of games, we really haven't gotten many chances. So just trying to visualize a lot and stay ready. But man, we have so like the uh, Brinkett and, and Kane, they just have so much chemistry and Boak was just so good up top. And Carl's so good at, at net front, makes a lot of strong plays, hard on face-offs. And um, yeah, I just try to, try to do my job, support all over the ice and work hard. It's nice. I think I might've been my first shot on the power play. But yeah, it's nice. He, Carl had a really good screen and, and the guys did a really good job of, of moving in around, around the up top. And then, and then the Brinkett found me. So yeah, it was, it's nice to contribute, but it was just really nice to get the win tonight. It sounds, it seems like over the past
4: few games, really, not just tonight, you've had more offensive opportunities, more scoring chances than, than maybe normally. Are you making more of an effort to, to try to push forward offensively when you get a chance?
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I think last year, I mean, I probably tied my goals from last year already, but it's not saying much, but I just I think I came in this season of maybe having a simpler mindset. I mean, it helps being on the power play tonight. But uh, sometimes goals aren't always pretty. You just find a way to get it like that goal tonight went off somebody and went in. And so um, working hard and, and simplifying your game, not being too cute, and just being around the net. And that's where the, a lot of the goals are scored. And that was that's my focus coming in this year. Yep.
0: Hey, Ryan, wh- what do you take from a game like this? It was kind of the opposite of last night, where last night you kind of controlled play and lost. Here you give up 46 shots, but win 7-2. to What do you take from a game like that? Yeah,
2: it's crazy how hockey works, right? You feel like you maybe play better and lose, and then the opposite happens. But um, yeah, it was just nice to get the two points. I think uh, after we'll probably watch some video in, in a couple of days and and learn from it. Uh, tough on a back to back, but they're a good team. I mean, they work hard. They've had they had some guys out of the lineup, but you got to give credit to them. They worked hard and made it hard for us. And, and lengths came up big. We've gotten good goaltending all year, so that was that was nice again tonight.
0: No, no offense to Detroit, but you're taking quite a step up in competition with three and against Tampa coming up next. What has to get better before Tampa gets here?
2: Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to play a complete game. Um, we, we need to try to remember what happened last time. Uh, gave up, I think, five each time last time. So, I mean, they're they're the sta- former Stanley Cup champs for a reason, and they create a lot offensively. And so we're going to have to do a lot. Just It's going to have to be a full 60 game. It's going to have to be all 20 guys buying in and, and doing the little things, and those things add up and just give ourselves a chance. Like we've been kind of saying all year. But, yeah, I mean, they're a real good team. I'm sure the coaches will have us uh, game planned and ready. But, yeah, we're, we're hoping for a better result than last time. You think about this team and what was expected of them and where you guys are now. What does that goal mean in that context for this building franchise? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Kaner's been here for all those cups and. He said it today. 14 years. I mean, so that guy, this guy's the face of our team, and and I mean, the reason we keep games close, but he always seems to produce and and get that big goal for us. So, um, yeah, tonight was just a night about him to celebrate his uh, career and and probably look back a lot. I'm sure he'll look back a lot and celebrate it. It's nice just to be a part of it. I was here last year too for the thousand points. So it's it's amazing the career he's already had, and um, yeah, it's nice to have that that kind of veteran. Um, leadership too. He just goes out there and leads by example. He comes to play every night.
0: Ryan Carpenter with his second and third goals of the season one on the power play, uh, which hasn't been going at quite the clip that it uh, had been uh, the first month or so of the season. To be expected when there's ingredients like Dylan Strom and, and Andrew Shaw out of the equation, so they're adapting. But Carl Soderbergh has certainly stepped in uh, as another part of that power play unit as, as Ryan Carpenter tries to learn that on the ropes Soderbergh as we discussed in our last podcast a big body there the disconcerting part special teams wise is the other one that Ryan's on and that's of course the penalty kill much more known for being on the penalty kill than the power play and it's taken a dip here a little bit lately just five for its last 12 over the course of the last five contests that even includes allowing Detroit to get off the schneid they came to town 0 for 39 in their previous 14 games, and the Red Wings ended up scoring a power play goal in each of the two contests against the Blackhawks. We'll get into Tampa Bay, uh, the matchup against Tampa Bay, a little bit later on, but that is certainly one area that these uh, two days of practice before Tampa Bay comes to town that uh, they're going to want to show up in that penalty kill because even without the uh, likes of Nikita Kucherov, Tampa Bay has a whole lot of weaponry on that power play.
3: Well, I think the other thing that might be just a little disconcerting is with how well this team was doing at the beginning of the year, the the big selling point was, well, they're they're outworking the other team on five on five and they're excelling in the special teams. And if you just start your team off with that right there, they can, for the most part, be in pretty good shape. I mean, everything else other than that is just an added bonus. So you don't love that trend, especially when it's coming against... The majority, like you said, the last five games, so that's two against Detroit, two against Columbus, and then that last one being against Carolina. You, you don't like to see that trend, but I guess there there is still something to say when they're able to pull out a victory, um, even when they're not playing at their best, and that still has been happening, but that being said... None of that can happen against Tampa Bay. We saw how that went the first couple of games of the season. Just knowing the type of team that Tampa Bay is, you can't give them extra chances more than they actually deserve. So, um, hopefully, that can clean itself up. And uh, you know, I, I know we're going to get into Tampa Bay a little bit more. But when we hear from Jeremy Colliton, something else he mentioned was just kind of the timing of how this is all happening. Yeah, three big games coming up, but you've got three three days off to prepare. Uh, I just noticed on that little piece of paper you gave me, Hawks are three zero and zero when they have at least two days to prepare for a game. Um, but you know, Jeremy Collinson's mentality this whole time has just been not satisfied. It's okay to be pleased. It's okay to be driven to do just a little bit more. But he's he's still not satisfied, and I think a lot of the players are buying into that still. And I. I think um, something like getting back to how they were doing on the power play and the penalty kill at the beginning of the year, I think that is attainable for this team. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, I'm not quite sure, but just with the the ingenuity that this team has shown so far that where they can go back to the basics and they can outwork the other team and, in certain circumstances where they need to, that it can happen again. But that being said, it's going to be a tough challenge with these three games coming up.
0: Can't make your goaltender face 46 shots either. Like they did against the Detroit Redwoods. Kevin Lankinen solid in the net. Uh, Malcolm Suban had that shutout in Columbus, earned another start, was not quite as sharp uh, in the first game against Detroit. Uh, Kevin Lankinen needed to be, especially um, early on in that uh, game and especially the first. Uh, the Blackhawks, as we mentioned, had only 10 shots on goal. I think they were shots something like 8-1 to one or something over the first 5 or 6 minutes of that third period when it was still a close game, but Suter scored on the first shot that yeah. the Blackhawks took in the third period to open things up. And then gradually, uh, we saw ourselves a 7-2 to victory, but you cannot... There was a couple of years ago when Joel was still coaching this team when um, the Blackhawks quote-unquote set a franchise record when they allowed Tampa Bay to have 33, I believe, was yeah. shots on goal in one period. Um, and uh, the way Detroit was firing the rubber at Lankanen, uh they'll have to tighten that up to, as well over the course of the next uh, pra- couple of practice days before Tampa comes in on Thursday. So here's Jeremy uh, talking a little bit about uh, the split, the way his team played kind of differently with opposite results uh, in the two games against Detroit over the weekend. Also about this team getting ready for Tampa Bay and how he expects them to accept and embrace the challenge of having to raise their game. He does also talk about Carpenter and the power play, the way Pugh Suter has been playing between DeBrinket and Patrick Kane. But also, beginning here, uh, the head coach talking about what the milestone means to this team uh, having uh, played with Patrick Kane and uh, how much um, in, in Jeremy, one of Jeremy's favorite words, joy, they get seeing uh, the superstar reach that milestone. Well, he gets just as much joy uh, from uh, seeing some of his new, young, fresh-faced teammates reach their own own milestones over the course of this year.
1: We got a bunch of guys who, uh, you know, Kaneer's not that old, but. Uh, A bunch of them have been watching him for a while uh, when they were still kids and uh watching him be an elite player in the league for for a while and uh you know for them to be part of it uh any any big milestone it's uh pretty special and they all know what he's meant to the organization and, and to the league really so uh it's i think we get energy from it quite honestly and uh pretty fun to be it's a, it's a really good group they enjoy they enjoy each other's success whether it's uh guys getting their first goal playing their first games uh those little milestones or, or a guy like Canner uh getting 400.
2: You can almost feel the energy after he scored it th- with the rest of the team.
1: Yeah I mean everyone we all we all knew the situation so uh I think uh, there was some guys yelling shoot it from the bench when he's on the two-on-one there and uh, I mean pretty it wasn't like he uh it, the puck banked in on his leg. Either is a pretty, pretty uh, special goal. So uh, nice, nice for him for sure.
0: Jeremy, you called yesterday a weird game. This is kind of weird in the opposite direction. I mean, you give up forty six shots and win seven to two. What's your takeaway from this one? Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I don't think the shot. They just threw everything at the net. Um, I don't think there are a lot of chances uh, attached to that. Probably played better yesterday. That that is true. Uh, but i i didn't think we didn't think we give up much uh we didn't create nearly as much and uh, it seemed to be a bit of a struggle to get energy and uh, i didn't think we made as many plays uh you know the forecheck wasn't nearly as uh you know ferocious as it was the night before but at the same time um you're not going to be great every night and and i thought we did enough to stay in the game and when we finally broke through at the end, as I said, it felt like we loosened up and uh, you know, then we started to make some more plays and, and uh, got rewarded for
0: it. Big step in competition coming up with three from Tampa coming up. Uh, what has to be better before they get here?
1: Yeah, we, we'll just have to raise our level, but I, I think we've shown we can play at a really high level. Um, I think we just got to embrace the challenge. we gotta, we got a day off tomorrow and then we got two really good days of practice to, to get prepared. I think it's a, we're a young group, but we're a proud group. And uh, we, we're we going to embrace the challenge and get excited about it. And uh, it's almost easier. I know we're going to be focused and sharp in practice leading up to the games and, and uh, we get a chance to measure ourselves against, uh, obviously, an excellent team.
0: Hey, Jeremy, kind of piggybacking off that question, how needed was this win tonight to make sure that
2: these next three days, you know, you guys could have a good feel going into this stretch.
1: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. After last night, I thought we deserved better and uh, it was tight tonight. Like we, you know, I thought we were playing okay, um, doing, doing some decent things, not giving them too much, but at two, one, we're, we're always, we're a bounce away from being uh, in a tough situation. So really good to see those goals go in Um and just get that result, so that we can be happy uh, tomorrow. The guys get a mental break, and then uh, we come in with some momentum. Um, you know, it's we've been getting some decent results, but if you you lose a couple in a row coming into the stretch we're going into, it just makes it a little bit harder. And uh, now we can come in and, and play free, play loose, play with joy, and we'll see what happens.
2: You see Ryan and Carpenter had the two goals, uh, one on the power play. How good is it to see him producing uh, in the man advantage?
1: Yeah, I mean, he he's not really there to score. He's, he's there to get pucks back and support and and be the right-handed option in the middle. And I think he's been doing that. We just haven't had many power plays. So uh, it's tough to get in the rhythm. But uh, I thought we we broke pressure well tonight. We... we uh, got the puck back and uh it's good finish great net front clean we are executed with a couple clean flat plays and a uh, nice finish with the net front
4: uh, hey jeremy you you made the decision to keep uh, suter on the first line after briefly going away from him in the columbus series and it, it seems like he really responded well this series um how did how satisfied are you with how that worked out and, and how he how the first line sort of stayed together through that
1: yeah I mean, he, he's played really well. Um, you know, we we switched up the one game; just just felt like we needed a change. But uh, I think he really complements those other two. Uh, he's he's really responsible and and uh, wins a lot of puck battles. He's he's willing to go in the net. It's so important we have someone there with with Brinksy and Kaner that that is willing to go to net front. And uh, he he does that, and he makes makes a lot of plays too. Uh, so you know it. it Nothing set in stone, but uh, they got some good chemistry. I thought, you know, last night they were—they uh, created a lot. Uh, the first Columbus game, they created, you know, ridiculous amount. So just because you go away from it for a, for a game doesn't mean you can—you can't go back to it. And uh, I think uh, that builds confidence too.
0: The head coach showing a whole lot of confidence in this young team on how they will be able to. Uh, face the challenge of not only these three games against Tampa coming up, but eleven of fifteen in the month of March we're going to find out a whole lot more about this team, uh, this very young, exciting team that has exceeded expectations so far, and not just those eleven against Carolina and Florida and Tampa Bay, but also a couple of games early next week against the Dallas Stars team, you know the defending Western conference champion that is really. Uh, trying to find a way to find, uh, uh, get a hold of its game because after their four zero and zero start, they have really fallen upon hard times. So that'll be a challenge in itself. So uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Hit, we didn't even discuss this. I'm gonna hit you over the head with this, but I mean, you can come back to me at the end of the podcast if you want. How do the Blackhawks fare in these three games coming up against? Tampa, uh,
3: right? yeah, that's tough.
0: Um, if, we can come back to it if you want. Yeah, with that being said, I will say. Going into Tampa game, Tampa Bay's game Tuesday against uh, Dallas, Andre Vasilevsky was the number one star of the week. uh, Tampa's goaltender, while Patrick Kane was the number two star of the week. Vasilevsky went three and zero with two shutouts, two straight shutouts. Um, He has a one seven five goals against average and nine thirty eight save percentage, and uh, seven straight shutout periods. I don't think he's going to play all three games. The Blackhawks probably aren't going to let Kevin Lankanen play all three games with the back-to-back Thursday and Friday. But other numbers for Tampa Bay. First in the league in goals per game. They are first in goals against, meaning lowest goals against per game. They score 3.63 a game as of Monday. They allow just 2.05. They are fourth in fewest shots allowed per game. Uh, They are eighth in power play, which is surprisingly low for me. But still connecting at twenty seven percent, they are number two in the NHL in penalty kill, killing off eighty eight point one percent. And in their last game on Saturday versus Dallas, when they when they beat the Stars five nothing, they went two for two on the power play, six for six on the penalty kill. Yeah, that's all you need to hear about the Blackhawks having a a step up in competition uh, starting Thursday night at the United Center.
3: I'll say. You're gonna go ahead and answer it right now. Yeah. All right. You you're ready? I'll say at least three points out of the potential six, and
0: a, a win and a uh, at, an, an yeah, at least. Out. So
3: yeah. at least, yeah, at least three points. And it, I understand that might sound like a cop out, but if they're able to do that, I think that's a win. I'm kind of thinking the same
0: thing. Of course, I'm greedy. You, know, you want more than that, right? And. and uh you, you want to see how how the team can face this kind of test but just based on some of those numbers and granted you can throw numbers out the book especially when you have a team that seems to have as as much heart and willingness to play hard maybe not all the time smart intelligent you know mistakes are going to be made by young players and we saw that you know a bit in Sunday's game even though they won 7 to 2 but uh you know uh, what some of those numbers mean compared to you're at least looking for improvement and a couple better results definitely than what you saw in the first two games of the season down there coming off a nine-day training camp.
3: Right, and and I think the biggest reason why I say I, I would expect at least three points is just because the Blackhawks have shown even if they falter for a game, they, they can turn that around the next day. Um, we've We've hardly seen, aside from the beginning of the year, we've hardly seen them hit a skid. Now I get it. If you're going to hit a skid, this is probably the time to do it. Uh, against the best team, maybe you're one of the best teams, if not the best team. So again, if, they, if they're able to take three points, that means that they have number one made adjustments since the last time they faced them, in terms of facing the Tampa Bay Lightning, not just adjustments overall, and two that they just they know how to play to their strengths, and they don't they don't just try to. To to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning one way, you got to do it by a number of ways: mm-hmm. by winning the close battles, by uh, maybe just treading water with five on five, but then capitalizing on the special teams. So uh, I, I think it's it's attainable for them. But is that going to come to fruition is is to be seen. And the other thing is, I mean, this is why we were being cautious about playoff talk two weeks ago because this still has to happen. And and not only do they face three. Games against the Tampa Bay Lightning coming up. It's but a they, six
0: game a six game road trip that's scheduled right after that too.
3: Exactly, with two more games against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, like, let's see what happens after these next three game next three weeks. I think it's it's an exciting time for Blackhawks fans because this is like this is the boss in the video game where you have to <laughs> knock it down to show your worth. Um, but but yeah, let's see. And I I think the extra time helps them. I think the momentum in that last game against Detroit helps them. I, I think they got a lot of good things going for them right now, but it's just a matter of putting it all together and I mean, who knows? If they come out and lay an egg in that first game, I would still have confidence in them in the following game. Or if it's the other way around, I would still have I would still have confidence in them to continue that on the strengths that they had done, or at least uh, you know, use some of those to, to squeeze out at least one point. But I mean this is this is the week to mark on your calendars for Blackhawks fans. Yeah. this this is the the, the challenge month. you want. Yeah. And the month, yeah, <laughs> that too that too,
0: <laughs> because uh, yeah, it's it's been a whole lot of excitement for the first. Uh, what are we talking here? Seven weeks of the season, and uh, especially with the way that opening week started out, the way they have been able to uh, to rebound and come back. So uh, it is going to be exciting here, as uh, you know, we we can do the whole "be careful what you wish for" thing, but uh, nevertheless. These are the big dogs who are going to be rolling in on on, uh, Thursday night uh, after, as we mentioned, they play one more game Tuesday at Dallas before uh, coming here. I think this is part of a six-game road trip now for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So uh, that's their own challenge, while the Blackhawks certainly have their challenge. And uh, seeing uh, we're breaking out the measuring stick here uh, with uh, how far this team has come from the first two contests when they were outscored 10-3 to by Tampa down in Florida to open the season and now here with these uh, next three coming up against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I would say uh, our next podcast will probably come uh, after Sunday's game or at some point Monday. We'll get it out to you on Monday, but we'll have a better sense of where these Blackhawks are after those uh, three games because... That's all there is to talk about this week, you know, and uh, before they embark on their next road trip. We want to uh, thank you for joining us for this edition of the Blackhawk 720 podcast. Thanks as well to Ernie Skatton and our producer, Curtis Koch, for putting this all together. Thanks as well to Plankton for not jumping on the computer this time uh, and and behaving well. And uh, thanks to Mother Nature for allowing me to return to the Plankton-Pilsen podcast pad <laughs> as uh, we uh, are able to bring you a fresh edition of the Blackhawks podcast. Seven twenty podcast. Again, we encourage you to subscribe that way. The uh, podcast will be waiting for you whenever we do have a new one out there. If not, you can always follow along on, at, on WGN com, uh, the at WGN radio, Twitter handle, as well as myself and Joe on Twitter. I'm at at Joe is at Joe underscore brand one. You heard it one, one and one Joe says for the Blackhawks versus the lightning this week. I'll stay out of that game. I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a player <laughs> yeah. in that game. So, have yourself a great week, everyone, and enjoy the Blackhawks versus the Lightning. We'll talk to you afterwards. How about that? He's won it. The Hawks win the Stanley Cup. Thanks for listening to the Blackhawks 720 podcast. Tell a friend, subscribe, and join the conversation. And follow the guys on Twitter at Bowden Tweets and at Joe underscore Brand One. That was great.